Good morning, everybody. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Free K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's the 29th of November, almost December. I can do the math. Okay, 2023. And thank you for being with us today or perhaps on the archives and everything we do here and everything our American Consortium for Equity and Education does is over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org, our magazine, our Excellence in Equity Awards and all the podcasts and everything's free for all educators, etc. So please go over and check it out, ace-ed.org. And today I've got a very interesting show. We're going to start it quickly today because I've got Dr. Stephen Barnett from Rutgers, okay, who is also on the co-director, no, who's, uh, yes, the co-director of the National Institute for Early Education, which is what we're going to talk about, and a major international award that he is a judge or the lead judge called the Khalifa International Award. It's Abu Dhabi based, a Khalifa International Award for early learning, and hopefully, and uh, well, so let me say good morning to Steve. Good morning, Dr. Stephen Barnett. How are you? Larry, good morning. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. And can I call you Stephen? Is that okay? Absolutely. Good enough. Thank you so much, Stephen. And uh, by the way, Laura, our other guest, has not called in. Is she okay or something? Do you know anything going on? I have her listed as a guest. She hasn't called. You in. know, She's I. I, I don't know. I'm hoping that that, uh, that Laura's going to be here with us. I hope so. And if not, well, hopefully we can get her on a future show. I want to talk about all the wonderful work she does about literacy and young children, for which she won. <coughs> Excuse me. The 2023. This is such a great honor. The Khalifa International Award for Early Learning, which is so darn important, Steve. Tell her, by the way, I'm sorry about Rutgers and Penn State, which is my alma mater. Okay, so, so I'm sorry about that. Okay, there's nothing I can do about that. Okay, and that, the other thing it, is, I have a state. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it, it wasn't as bad, Laura's at OSU. It wasn't as bad as that game for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, okay. well, I, I like Rutgers. And by the way, I must ask you a question. I have one contact over there that I haven't seen or heard from in 45 years is Ross Baker. Do you know Ross, who's a professor over there, or was uh, in political science? Only slightly. Uh, just yeah. Extremely distinguished and knowledgeable professor of he, political science. He, he sure is, and he is, he is the uncle of my best friend when I was growing up. So I knew Ross well a long, long time ago, when he was just getting his doctorate, as a matter of fact, at Penn. So, jeez, uh, it's just good to hear he's still going strong. Okay, that's all. That's Dr. Ross Baker, everybody, if you want to uh, read about a brilliant man over at Rutgers, as you are, I'm sure, Steve. Okay, this is terrific. Uh, thank tell you. Us, yeah, and tell us about that. And by the way, it's a great school, regardless of their record at Penn State. Okay, it's a great school, Rutgers. Okay, I just want to say that. Now, tell, tell us about the Khalifa International Award for Early Learning. Okay, and you're the lead judge on it. And I have to say something. I have always found in all the years I've been doing this that the Emirate countries are very, very concerned, happy, and willing to work out and promote education. And this is just another example, this one being Abu Dhabi-based. Okay, just tell us about what's going on with that, Steve. Well, this is really the, the first of their awards to be international. It's not just about the... Emirates or the yeah. region, it's global. 
$200,000 in cash prize money um, each year. Um, This year there will be four prizes. The the goal of this is to promote excellence and equity in early childhood, to promote early learning and development, and, and to do that by bringing the best the world has to offer into the spotlight so that you can influence policy, practice, motivate teachers, and, of course, recognize the contributors, um, the individuals and organizations, promote the institutions that are dedicated to excellence and equity in early childhood, mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, within and outside the field, bring this to greater prominence. And, and it should be, and I have to ask this, and, and again, you are the let me get this right again. You're the co-director of the U.S. National Institute for Early Education. So I want to ask a question. How is the U.S. doing, okay, and how is the world doing in early education? Which I think, and you know this, and it's a cliche by this time, it's a foundation. You build the foundation, you build a good house, okay? And that's the most obvious thing in the world. Yet it's, talk to me about where we all stand. Absolutely. Dr. Yeah. If I, I wish we were all in a great place, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're not. Uh, if you, you look globally, 200 million plus children in the developing world uh, yeah. do not meet their potential because of inadequate investments in their early years. Uh, in the U.S., we're all over the place. Uh, D.C., Vermont, um, begin investing quite heavily uh, at age three in quality early education programs. Uh, our own state of New Jersey um, has a great early childhood program that, that Governor Murphy's been expanding to, to be universal him. beginning at age three. Uh, and, and this is, you know, maximum class size of 15, fully qualified teachers, um, yeah, it's Strong, I mean, everything you'd want to see. There are other states that do nothing. <laughs> so, like everything else in the United States, we're at, we're everywhere from the yeah, worst yeah. to 50, the best. Fifty countries, if I do say so myself. Okay, yeah, each 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 state doing the, uh, the thing. What about worldwide? By the way, Laura just joined us. Good morning, Doctor Justice. It's Larry Jacobs. <laughs> Good here. morning. <laughs> I apologize. I was on a Google Meet instead of the phone. Right. Here well, I am. Not to, not to draw this too much, but I, you had a bad weekend against Michigan over at Ohio State. I understand. It's no problem. Uh, we'll get you back on track. There you go. She's at Ohio yeah. State. You, I thought, yeah. Yes? I yes. thought we'd pull it off in that last minute. It didn't happen. And so did 150,000 other people, but they didn't, uh, okay? And I apologize. I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. We We welcome you back to the world. Stephen, say hello to Laura. Say good morning, Laura. Morning, Laura. <laughs> good morning, Steve. You, you, you can tell we, we, we varied a, a, a little bit from, from the early childhood script. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but, but it's probably a good, good time to mention that Laura and I are both leading a, a new Big Ten Early Childhood Alliance, which includes hey, Penn great. State. That's great. I'd love to see that, you know, in the games when they show the map, you know, that the car, that animated map. I'd love to see them talk about all the wonderful ways. That, besides football, these are great schools. OK, and it's great. And it's great to see that, that there's a there's a coalition being formed to make this happen. And, and, and 
I'll tell you, we were just talking, Laura, about this is Professor Laura Justice, everybody, from Ohio State. She is director of the Crane Center for Early Childhood Research and Policy, and she is, da, 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 she just won the 2023 Khalifa Award on the best in the best research and studies category. Congratulations, Laura. That's big. Thank you. Thank you so it much. It's a big deal. It's a, did you go to the Emirates to get your award, or how did that work? Yes, I did, actually. Um, Steve was there as well. We went over for about a week. Um, there was a fantastic award ceremony, a lunch at the palace, and I wow. also got to ride the world's fastest roller coaster at <laughs> Ferrari World. <laughs> there you go. They, they they keep outdoing themselves, I have to tell you. And by the way, I have to ask, I have to ask this, okay? It's the Khalifa Award, and I... I'm not sure this is Khalifa the name of the family who rules Abu Dhabi. What does the word Khalifa come from? And I'll ask Laura if you know. Yeah, Laura? I think Steve can flesh out my oh, response, Steve. but I believe that the Khalifa family are more or less the leaders of uh, the UAE, right, Steve? Correct. It, 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 it's yeah. named after um, the the former king um, and. Um, is presided over by by the current vice president uh, uh, of the UAE. Right, they they, they are uh, they, as I said before, they're amazing countries in terms of what they do and what they recognize and how they work. They're small, they're big, they're they're rich. They do good things. Okay, that's all. Like, and you can see, uh, if I may, they're 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 friends at Qatar in the nation of Qatar working now. For uh, the uh, during the Hamas Israeli war, okay, and uh, this is this is the Emirates really keep shining through is all I can say, okay, and I see that in education all the time. So again, Laura, congratulations! What did you win for? And you're an expert in, I, I love this enhancing print knowledge and literacy in young children. Just tell everybody what you won for, Doctor Just. <laughs> yes, th- thank you. So um, the award was for a 25-year program of research where uh, myself and colleagues have... um, Okay, so you started this when you were five years old. That's a prodigy. I did, I did. Yeah, 25. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, So we've been doing work for quite a while on identifying how to prevent reading difficulties in children by introducing Hmm. interventions when they're very young in the preschool period that improve their knowledge about print, um, you know, when kids are three, four, five years of age, and by helping children learn about print early, it can have long-term positive effects on their reading. To say the least, and we know about book deserts uh, that that occur and some houses don't have any books or reading in it. It's really something we have to do. What's the answer, Laura? How do we get books in their hands, words in their hands? Yeah, I think one initiative that I I really admire is Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Oh. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's going to yeah. heaven. She's going to heaven, she, believe me. Oh, she is. She's yeah. America's treasure. So She is. Um, I think Ohio has the largest, most successful Imagination Library, and families sign up, and they get a book a month delivered to their home from zero to age five. So that, that's wow. just an absolutely phenomenal success. Um, and I hope every person 
listening in can look into Imagination Library and be sure that it's in their state. Yeah, and she she is she is an amazing woman, and what she has accomplished in her life is amazing. Laura, what happens if that doesn't happen? Okay, and when kids do not see books, when kids do not see words, what 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 happens negatively in that regard? People have to understand this. Yeah, so what it, I mean, the real pivotal point is kindergarten. Kids come into kindergarten. And if they don't have well-developed knowledge of print as well as other important skills like self-regulation, um, numeracy, they, they come to kindergarten behind from the start. And the evidence is really concerning that um, children who come into kindergarten and perform, you know, poorly on mm-hmm. readiness measures, there's a really high risk they're going to not be um, – readers by fourth grade and then that cycle just continues it's really concerning it's it's extremely concerning without a doubt it's yeah it's extremely concerning okay and i I love the work you're doing on it i have to ask you both since you're both in at the college level in early education i'll go back to steve on this one that i'm going to explore how are we doing in finding teachers to teach early education? Or are we looking at alternative ways to get to them besides an actual human? Steve, because you know what I, you know as well as, well as I do, it's the lower, it's the, unfortunately and stupidly, it's the lowest paid part of the profession, okay? Right. And B, we don't have enough of that. We don't have enough for obvious Not, not just the lowest paid, yeah, but I, I yeah. was looking the other day. Out of 248 college majors, early childhood is the worst paid it's the very last. Wow. wow. That's just amazing, right? Wow. <laughs> and that's yeah. w- one of the reasons this award is so important. It's, it's oh, saying, God. you know, we need to bring global attention to this should not be the last place we put our money out of 248 different fields. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when we have teacher shortages in early childhood, I'm an economist. Right. This is not rocket science. Yeah. It's like if if this is the thing you pay the least for, then this is what where you're going to have shortages. Yeah. So what's the answer? But it, it's better. Pay. First answer is better pay. And, yeah. And, and t- until well, we yeah, compensate yeah. early childhood teachers better, we're not going to solve the shortage problem, and we're not going to have students in our programs. Because why would they invest the kind of money it takes to That's go to right. college these days? That's right. Right? Yeah. So, so, so all that said, Laura, do you agree with all that? Or do you want to say something more on that one? Yep. The teacher no, shortage, et cetera, retention? Yep. Yeah. 100%. And I think COVID really decimated oh, yeah. the field. People, You know, especially in, at least in Ohio, you know, early childhood programs stayed open. And teachers were on the front line. They had little kids in the classroom who couldn't wear masks. And K-12 teachers yeah. got to work virtually. So um, we lost a lot of early educators. We're yeah. not bringing them back. Um, one of the things we're working on in Ohio that might help is, you know, a lot of funding for early education programs comes from federal block grants. Absolutely. And so in Ohio, they're going to increase the subsidy rate in February and again in July. And so there'll be more money flowing into programs. And Steve might be able to comment on this is 
you know, if programs get more money, is that going to turn into higher wages, which might bring more people into the field and stabilize the profession? If, 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 we don't know. If there are people to bring into the field, that's the other problem with education, even at best. You know, the whole story. I mean, a kid goes to college, they can start with a $70,000 job or a ten or a $30,000 job. Yeah. Which one yeah. would you do? It's the same. And which brings me up. I'm just going to ask before we get back to the awards, okay? And I'll stay with you, Laura. With a teacher shortage, but with all the technology available in education and just in everything these days, okay, is anybody looking at some kind? I know this is a nutty question some kind of alternative to actually having a physical person in the room for low pay? It's really a strange <laughs> question. But what are we looking at? Because things have to change out there. And by the way, that's pre-K-12, okay? But we're talking about pre-K here, early education, okay? Uh, is, is there any what, – what, what are you as professors thinking about here? Since there's a lack so of people. I don't, yeah, you know? I don't think it's a – I don't think it's a nutty question at all. I think there's absolutely a role for technology to play in a classroom. We're doing a lot in that realm. We're, um, you know, equipping early education classrooms with sensing systems where kids wear Bluetooth beacons and activated recorders so we can learn more about what they're experiencing and what drives development. But I want to go back to an earlier point. And, um, yeah, go ahead. No, you go. I mean, you go. Yeah. go I was just going to say, there. the thing about early educators is we cannot underestimate the passion that so many Agreed. people have towards working with young Agreed. children. And, you know, I always experience this when I go and get my hair done. And I say, what makes you want to do hair? And they say, I've been, I have had passion to do this since I was a young child. And you see the same thing in the teaching field. You know, there are so many people who absolutely are driven to work with young children. And so what we need to do is just honor that passion and the importance of this work as a nation, as a world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And right now we're honoring it by giving it the lowest pay in the system. That's the challenge. It's the most yeah, important it, years. It really is. And, we honor it by not paying it properly. Steve, what are your thoughts on the future? The future no. without teachers. I don't know what they say. You know, we got to do something here. I don't know. Well, I, I, I think you put the two together. There, there is that passion. Early childhood is a is a calling for many people, um, and um, we just need to make that more practical. And part of that is compensation. Part of that is innovative, creative ways to um, provide the preparation in higher education. Lots of folks are working on that. Uh, there is a role of technology to support teachers. There's yeah. so much that's being done around the world to use technology. And I say around the world, but in my school yeah. district here in New Brunswick, right, they, they're using technology to connect with parents and build partnerships um, to work online together. Um, and there's some wow. incredible technology to help do that. Uh, it has to, in it has Korea, to move they're putting robots no in choice. classrooms with preschoolers. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. <laughs> like Futurama. I'm hoping it works out well. Okay, I saw the end of Terminator 3. I'm always concerned about the robots, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what ha we'll see what happens with that. 
over the uh, over the course of time. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to ask you, okay, I don't want to get into this. There's a 2024 award. By the way, how old is the award? Steve, how old is the award? The, the, last year was the first time the awards were given. Okay. So okay. it's new. Laura, wow, number premier, number one, Laura. First year, whoa. Your name gets on the cup, for goodness sake. That's fantastic. Okay. They're coming up to the second year. Okay. How do people enter this thing? We got you go to the Khalifa International yeah. Award for Early Learning website. I've got it linked. Just Google Khalifa, K-H-A-L-I-F-A, <laughs> Early Learning, and you will find a YouTube video or the portal to the website. It's the easy to get to 10 page application online boom you're in and who's eligible anybody on the planet is eligible <laughs> uh, can you narrow this, that this, down this, just a little bit just a little bit not much just a little bit well yeah. you know <laughs> what we are looking for is research and practice two different categories Last year, we had over 100 applications for research. We had about 200 for programs and practices with, with an evidence base. So this is really the key to success with the Khalifa Award, is there needs to be rigorous evidence that this either has or has the potential to enhance learning and development at scale for young children, because that's yep. the goal. Um, when, and so when you've you got say some scale, great new mean? idea, but yeah, <laughs> so you don't have scale, any evidence that it works, yeah. you're not going to succeed. If you've got a rigorous evaluation that shows you produced impacts on teachers or kids or programs, um, then by all means, submit an application. Wow. It's incredible. You get a get if you win, you go to Abu Dhabi, which is a pretty cool place to go. You can ride the world's fastest roller coaster, and, and they that? give you fifty thousand dollars to spend there. <laughs> Congratulations on that too, Laura. Will you marry me? I'm sorry, I forgot to ask that for you earlier. Right. This is this is so cool. I, I got to tell you, and I, I we were talking about that before Laura joins. I got to ask you, Steve. We were talking about all the challenges out there. Who's number one? in early childhood education. Where's the best? Oh, wow. That's Somebody must really be number hard. one, Miss America. Who won? Yeah, who won? Miss the World. Scandinavian countries do very well. I, I've seen incredible programs in Norway. Um, but you go to the other side of the world, I've, I saw some of the best preschool programs I've seen anywhere in Shanghai. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. We're, believe it or not, you have to have a college degree, a four-year degree, to teach young children in Shanghai. Well, not in most go. of the There's United States. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, and then you, you say, well, gee, I wonder why we're falling behind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not that they're not good people who are trying here. Please don't misunderstand that, but you've got to learn the pedagogy. You've got to know what well, the hell you're and, doing. And, yeah. And, you know, we had a program here in New Jersey. We, we basically said to teachers in early childhood child care programs, you go to school, 
get your four-year degree. We will support, we will provide funding for you to do that. And when you get your degree and your certification, we will double your pay. People don't turn that down. As Laura said, they're passionate. They want to do this. And when you say, I can become a fully qualified professional to do what I want to do and you're going to double my pay, sign me up. You know, it's amazing. Okay, so now I've got to ask you this, okay? You you said Norway, all right, and, and others, okay? Why don't we copy, okay, what the, world, what the best of the world is doing, okay, and, and put it here? What stops us? If there's something that's the a money. paradigm, why aren't we doing it? Is it just – is it money? Yes, yeah, in early childhood, the lack of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> but, but you just said a state like New Jersey was going to pay you back and double your salary. That, well, that's money. And, 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 and that's interesting. There's a set of states now, New Jersey, Illinois, California, New Mexico, Hawaii, um, wow. that are Maine, that are moving forward. Really? That's where I live. Okay. Maine? Really? Make, make yeah. big investments. Wow. Um, Oklahoma, right? Steve, Oklahoma uh, well, is a new one? No, there's a set of other states. Oklahoma and West Virginia have been doing this for 20-something years. Yeah. When, when we first told, we first did our national report on how are states doing over, over 20 years ago, and Oklahoma was number one, they were shocked. <laughs> uh, the response in Oklahoma was, well, really? we just thought everybody else was already doing this. We didn't know we were wow. first. Right. <laughs> The, the the stupid joy of having 50 different non-communicating education departments. There you have it. Okay? There you have it in a nutshell. Okay? Everybody's reinventing the wheel, and the wheel already exists. Yep. So okay. we don't need to go to yeah. Norway to, to copy Please. the best. We could do that right here in the U.S. of A. <laughs> we can do it, and we, and we should do it. And here's another question. You know, people are always looking to school districts to start a pre-K program. And I know, you know, there is, of course, to, for people who couldn't afford it, a pre, preschool, you know, and all that sort of thing. But should preschool be a whole separate, uh, I'll call it early education, but prior to kindergarten, should that be a whole separate unit? Would that work better if the state recognized it as something different, not just as an add-on to K-12? And that's what I think they see what? it as, is an add-on to K-12. And it's not. Right. It's, it's, yeah, yeah I, you know? I think, I think in a lot of states, like Ohio, we do actually have two very distinct settings, or I'm sorry, sectors. So we have a zero to five program administered by Jobs and Family Services, um, which is very, very large. That's um, center and family-based early ed programs. And then we have district-supported programs, and they don't really talk to each other, and they don't look alike. Exactly. Is that ridiculous? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they absolutely need to talk to each other. The, but this this problem of you don't want to be the stepchild that's neglected. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so New Mexico created uh, an early childhood cabinet position. You're at the, you know, so there's a secretary for early childhood, birth to Holy five, crow. that coordinates all the different kinds of child care, early intervention, home visiting, the preschool education but public schools are part of that and so yeah. the the 
maintaining that strong connection so you build a coherence. Yeah, exactly. I, right. I was just at a conference yesterday of curriculum um, specialists and supervisors, and uh, um, they talked about how the there was a disconnect, and making the connection was important for not pushing down but pushing up for the for the actualization of of what we know about early childhood in kindergarten yeah. through third grade which is really faded out um and wow. to the disadvantage of of kids yeah it's a, it's unbelievable and you know what you said before my my nephew is a principal of an elementary school in Massachusetts Okay, and I was just with him on Sunday, and I asked him if he's ever talking to the principal of the middle school or the principal of the high school since they're all in one district. And the answer was no. In fact, he barely talks to the other elementary principals. And he said this is the same for all the principals. And I'm thinking you talk about a spectrum. These, the, the groups have to connect. School districts can't even get their own schools to connect. Okay, everybody's in a silo, and that's management problem. That's that's a huge management error. Okay, a huge administrative error, and it's the same thing with early ed. It separates itself. Okay, we talk about an early ed program. No, it's a pre-K through twelve system that we have to manage equally. All right, you know everybody always thinks high school is the most important thing because that's the last thing you remember. Okay, but it's not. It's the beginning, not the end, that's more important, or at least equally important. Right, Laura? 100%. And in fact, how a child or uh, adolescent is performing in high school is highly related to how well they do in the early years. Long pattern of continuity there. And I have a funny question for both of you, okay? I started (laughs) school in the 1950s. I don't believe there's any such thing as preschool. Okay, and we started in kindergarten. I could not read, okay, or anything like that. I could barely play with clay. Okay, when did the move start historically to crack that and bring and bring early education, at least talking about it and making it happen? Laura, do you have any idea of the history of that? When yeah, in the fifties, it wasn't it, there. It wasn't there. Yep. Yeah. Steve, what's the origins with Head Start? Head, uh, head Start yeah. is 1965. And that's when we started to think about preschool. Well, there, there's really? work. You know, actually go back to the 1930s wow. in the Midwest, what was called the I- Iowa Child Welfare Centers. It did, welfare did, meant well-being of children, not yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. not social services programs. Right. They they started studying how what what happened young children's experiences affected their development over a lifetime and mm. it was really th- there through the 50s into the early 60s that the that the knowledge base about what mattered and how much it mattered in early childhood really bloomed um and that that resulted in the first major federal investment in the US 1965. I, yeah. I, I will say, without full disclosure <laughs> regarding my age, that that, uh, that I went to preschool for two years before 1960. 
Really? Really? <laughs> But I was a problem child, so I'm older than you. I'm older than you. Okay. Mom, mom, mom needed some relief. Yeah. Well, you minded too, but there was no hope anywhere. Okay. She had to wait till I was five years old before she sent me along my way. Okay. But but it wasn't thought about. Okay. And kindergarten was not what we know it is today. Kindergarten is a learning experience now, where mine was how to make clay figurines and drink. But even milk. in a lot of places, yeah. didn't have kindergarten back then. Yeah, we did. We did in Philly. Philadelphia did. Yeah. Okay. Just, big, yeah. big cities are leaders. Big cities were the first places to have comprehensive high school. They were the first places to have kindergarten and preschool. Wow. It's it's just amazing. So let me ask you this. Uh, next year's award, does Laura get to go back to Abu Dhabi and give the next award like to do with the Oscars? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. We see, can bring see. it up with the sponsors. There you go. They've got they've got money. You can tell them I know that I manage their accounts. I know they got money to do this. Okay, so they might no they problem. might they might want to know why you have that information. <laughs> Presenting the award is last year's winner, Dr. Laura Justice. Okay, I can hear it now. Absolutely, it just, it just Yeah, and I <laughs> I hope a lot of people start to under they do understand it, but our, the hands are tied money wise. And we got to start recognizing this and making a big deal. Steve, Laura, please, let's stay in touch with all this, because this is really good conversation, good stuff, and it's important for people to know. And we talk to a lot of people on this show. Okay, so I'd love to have you come back on and keep talking about it. We'd be Wonderful. delighted Thank to do you that. So much. Oh, are you kidding? My pleasure. Absolutely. My honor, indeed, to have you both. And, uh, uh, again, I'm sorry about last Saturday, Laura. Ugh. I know how you feel. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't wear a Michigan shirt to this week. No, not, wear, not, not in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, whatever you do, don't wear a Michigan shirt. I want to hear my Columbus story. I will tell you this. Uh, you remember good old Woody Hayes? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, he got stopped. He was thrown off of coaching because he punched a player from the Air Force during the game. Remember that? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's the reason this great coach was fired, basically, because he lost his temper after an interception, and the Air Force player ran over to the Ohio bench finishing the play, and Coach Woody punched him in the mouth, basically, for, for making the interception, and he got fired. Okay, and Woody, Hay- Woody Hayes has been there for a long time. And I made the mistake because I had business in Columbus that week, and I made a joke to somebody. I guess I'll have the new drink called Woody Hayes Punch. Okay. <laughs> And it didn't go over real big in Columbus. I learned they really take the football really seriously in Columbus. Okay, so that's, don't wear a Michigan shirt. You, you, you're lucky to be here to tell the story. I know I am. I don't have a lower jaw. I do not have a lower jaw, but I am here talking to you. Right. They take their football seriously in Columbus, as well they should. And in Rutgers, well, better luck next year. What can I tell you? Okay. It's always next year. <laughs> there is indeed, and for the Khalifa Awards too. So I hope we do exactly. more together. Let's stay in touch. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Laura. Thank you Congratulations so much. Thank to you. you both. Good job. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> right. Have a good one. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, that was really fun. That was just great. Okay, the Khalifa International Award for Early Learning. This is really important. And again, I'll say it. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay, I have it linked here. Okay, up on site, but just. Google Khalifa, K-H-A-L-I-F-A, International Award, it'll pop right up. 
Okay, and Steve and Laura, thank you so much. Okay, Laura's the winner of the 2023. Okay, for her incredible work in literacy in young children. And Steve's over at Rutgers. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. Check it out over there. My name's Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.